You are now listening to the 10-part theme series on the topic of love. This series is brought to you by the LOV Verbum Dei Ministry in collaboration with the Clifton Diocese. During this conversation, the speaker will share with us what love means, what it is to be a witness of love, how can we see God's love, what to be loved by God means personally, how do we show love, how do we practice it, and finally, how can we love difficult people? Hello and greetings to all of you, brothers and sisters in Christ, for this time of sharing together on the theme series on the topic of love. Today we are in the Clifton Diocese and I have got right behind me the Alexander House where we are today. Uh, behind, well in front of me now, we've got the M32 which is a bit noisy, so hopefully this time together will be okay for all of you to uh, listen, listen to us and enjoy this time together. So um, today we have the great privilege to be with the um, um, Caritas and Environmental Officer from the Adult and Evangelization Department from the Clifton AOCs, Jason Cherwitz. Jason, good to see pleasure you. to see you today. How are you doing? Doing very well, thanks. Excellent. How are you? I'm not too bad. Happy Easter, by the way. Happy yeah. Easter, yeah. Christ is risen. He is truly risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, what a pleasure to say it uh, face to face. It's wonderful. Um, so today, yeah, we're going to be having our topic on the uh, on love mm-hmm. so um, do you want to tell us a bit about what you're doing in those things yeah so as the Caritas and environmental officer I am helping parishes parishioners and different groups to build up their social outreach and environmental action mm-hmm. groups so I'm trying to help build those kinds of communities that will respond to the cry of the poor and the cry of the earth mm-hmm. beautiful wonderful yeah well I guess yeah let's then I guess start this time together uh, you know sharing on what love means to you mm-hmm. so Jason I think we're going to dive right in with the question about love what what in your very own way what is love for you uh, love is willing the good of the other as other um, it's a very Thomistic mm-hmm. definition I've given And I like it because it maintains that sense of relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not just a kind of reference to myself. So to love someone is to will their good, Mm -hmm. not just for some way that it will help me or because it will build up my relationship or because in the future I hope that you'll do something for me. Mm -hmm. It's recognizing that you are another person made in the image and likeness of God Mm -hmm. and that I... I'm called to give myself to you mm-hmm. in imitation of Christ, uh, who laid down his life. Yeah, yeah, I, I like what you're saying here, because it does resonate with, uh, you know, other conversations we've been having so far uh, about giving, up, you know, giving yourself for mm-hmm. the other. Um, and, and I, you know, I guess we can, in a way, all relate, because I guess in our, in our lives, at some points, uh, when we truly love someone, we we sacrificed a bit of our time and we gave a bit of ourselves to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, another question that comes to mind when it comes to, as you said, you know, giving up yourself for the other might be then, um, you know, when, when, you're, when you're loving someone, um, you want to, you know, as you said, giving up yourself and sacrificing a bit of yourself. But how, how would you do it? How would you then witness that love for the other? Mm-hmm. How would you, yeah, how would you do it? Recently, I've been thinking a lot about life as a kind of whole Mm -hmm. and I think when I was younger it was really tempting to think of the daily realities of life, the simple things that you have to do just to sort of get through the day and really basic stuff uh, cooking, cleaning, 
um, those really simple things. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was younger, I tended to view that as a necessity that you have to do. And then when you get through that, then maybe you can do the real life stuff. Yeah. Uh, once you do the cooking, once you do the cleaning, once you do all of those kind of basic things. Ticking boxes. Yeah. yeah then, <laughs> you know, boxes. with the time left over, uh, you can read what you want. You can go out and do the mm -hmm. things that you want. Um, yeah. But I've been consciously trying to shift that understanding and to view those kinds of uh, quotidian things as life itself. Mm -hmm. um, yes, there are things that are more exciting than cooking, cleaning, and doing basic things. But I do my best to really understand when I'm cooking or when I'm cleaning that I'm doing that for my wife uh, or for my parents if I'm at home or for my in-laws if I'm with them, that those small acts of love are not anything that would have a movie made about them or a book written about them, but those acts of love build a life which is richer, fuller, and more joyful. As opposed to kind of the mentality of, oh, I have to do this here. And once we do that, then we'll, then we'll go do something, right? And kind of splitting the life into two. The home, necessary life and the exciting yeah, outside yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're saying here, to me, just resonates, you know. It reminds me of what um, the little flower, you know, Santerre of Lisieux said about, you know, doing the little things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doing those little insignificant things that, you know, people might not even notice at all. Um, that you, as you're saying quite quite correctly here, you know, building on that love every day, almost like um, yeah, building a mosaic of love, you know, as you're as you're you know as you're going out through the day and how things you know evolve. But ultimately, yeah, that's that's what that's what we are all about, isn't it? It's about sharing that love and you know looking at the other and doing everything we can for the other, especially in the, those little, little things. Um, now, among those, I guess, little things, um, you know, do you, when you're doing them. Um, as you said initially, you know, you're thinking, you were thinking, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that, sort of, you know, going through the list. Um, but now that you've, I guess, you've, you've grown up, you know, and you've, you've you know, with, with your wife, where, where would you see then that, that God's love, you know, where do you see God's love in those little things? Yeah. Can you see it then? Yeah. yeah. First of all. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, to narrow it down. Mm. Um, C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors and he wrote uh, a piece called Meditations on a Tool Shed. Mm. And in it, he makes a distinction between looking at love and looking along love. Mm -hmm. And so, to simplify it, uh, a neuroscientist would look at love. He might look at someone's brain and say, uh, when you feel love, uh, I can see this part of your brain light up and I can see these kinds of things happening. But no amount of looking at love will get you to look along love. The lover looks along love, that, that experience of feeling the love. But when you look along something, you don't generally look at it. Mm -hmm. um, you feel it, you experience it, and then maybe later you can look back at it mm -hmm. and say, oh, that's, that's kind of what I feel. Mm -hmm. So when I do those basic things, and when I do them at my best, I'm not thinking about myself or what I'm doing. It's focused on my wife or the person for whom I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. um, at, at its best, I kind of forget myself and I forget to look at myself. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just sort of think, oh, you know, this is mm -hmm. this is part of what I do for mm -hmm. for that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you would you say that you you do realize that you're doing an act of love afterwards? Then, once you've done it, or or when you're doing it, or yeah, it's not always so uh -huh. uh, formulaic. Okay. Um, 
if it's something I really don't want to do, <laughs> just because it's an unpleasant task mm-hmm. uh, in itself, like deep cleaning the bathroom, nobody likes doing yeah. that. It's a bit easier to sort of recognize it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's an easier task, uh, it would be something collected later, mm-hmm. much later, because it just doesn't doesn't occur mm-hmm. to think yeah. like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that the framework helps in the unpleasant things to mm-hmm. register, mm-hmm. oh, there is a purpose for this. Uh, it's not just an imposition or a, a cruel necessity of life. Uh, yeah. There is actually a higher purpose to it, even though somebody might look at it and say, well, you're just kind of reading into it or you're <laughs> yeah. putting something that's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, some, um, you know, as, as you're talking about you know the way I guess you're you're expressing that love um, what I guess what do you, do you have in mind the first time you actually realized and and felt God's love well the first time is yeah. tricky would you would you think of that day when you had a sort of oh I think I know that someone loves me someone greater than me loves me mm. that's a tricky one mm. um I guess the first thing that comes to mind is when I was 17, I started the process of taking the faith on for myself. When I was younger, I was an altar server, and I enjoyed it, but as I got older and was seen as more dependable, it sort of transformed from serving one Mass a week mm-hmm. to, oh, um, someone's missed it, you can't, you can't make it, yep, uh, could yep. you... Could you cover it? Yeah. To two masses a week, to three masses a week. Um, and so I had a brief moment where I fell away, mm-hmm. which sounds grand for what a 15-year-old or 16-year-old is um, thinking and experiencing. But I think when I was 17, it, there was a sense, and it was St. Augustine that really helped me, uh, of Hippo, mm-hmm. that really helped me to... Mm-hmm recognize it um, I've always liked his confessions and they've been a great help to me even in my prayer life mm-hmm. um, I find myself speaking to God in a style like his confession which I don't remember ever choosing to do mm-hmm. but I remember when I was 17 just sort of thinking yeah there's something there's something more Ooh. to this mm-hmm. um It was something about the writing and, and what he wrote about. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. sort of, it felt like a very opaque window. Um, like there was something on the other side, but yes. I couldn't see through it and I couldn't grasp it. Yeah. But if I kept looking yeah, and kept kind of trying, mm-hmm. I would get something there. And at some point it kind of registered that something was also looking back. Um, that it wasn't just... Uh, philosophy or, or history or something you know I've always liked reading and I've, I've liked that kind of liberal arts world mm-hmm. and that always feels like I'm the subject and yep. it's the object and I kind of gaze and yep. pick it apart and, and do what I like but it was probably 17 where 17. I kind of had the feeling of being watched yeah. Yeah, yeah. back and that I, it wasn't just you know one subject one object yep. but it was actually two you were, subjects you, you felt in the presence looking at that, each yeah, other uh, yeah exactly so like a people would say a being or you, you could you could feel that someone else was there with you 
maybe within you then as Santo Christian mm. you know say I don't think I could have said it that way well, yeah, well, I guess, 17 yeah. no, no no looking at it no, looking no. at it back yeah. yeah yeah you can think that way yeah because yeah, the, the, the other thing that I was thinking you know was uh, you know what does that love means to you personally which is the reason why I ask you when you, mm. you ever felt that you know but what, what, what does God's love mean to you on a personal level I guess it's that, that sort of uh, gazing at each other Uh, that brings you what, what does it bring you comfort does it bring you uh, you know sort of a solace or yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it does um, I would say the main thing it brings is a sense that I I am more than I think I am mm-hmm. right now um, it's very easy to be aware of your own shortcomings and to sort of have mm-hmm. a, a sense of yourself built up where you say well, okay, maybe I do this and that all right, and maybe I do that thing well, but, you know, I was, I've always been, as I'm sure everyone is, also aware of the things that, well, it'd be nice if I didn't do that, or if I was better at that, or yeah. if I would cut that one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and especially when I was a late teenager into my early 20s, it was that sense that God knew that I was more than I am, and I've never really experienced that kind of guilt. I've sometimes been afraid that, you know, there was a kind of sort of Damocles. I, I remember thinking very clearly, oh, I've received all of these good things. There's got to be like a sword up there waiting to drop. Like I've had these, you know, I've had this chance and this chance and this chance and this mm-hmm. chance. Eventually, you know, God's going to get sick of my <laughs> nonsense and the sword will drop and yeah, yeah. that will be the last chance. But when I dropped that it was quite clear even if I don't always remember it that God isn't going to cut that rope the sword's not going to drop Um, there's a kind of fatherly disappointment (laughs) Uh, but it's the kind that is expressed knowing that you can do better and saying "All right, I will correct this and I will help you to, to take that step mm-hmm. which on my own I may not have even recognized was a step that needed to be done yeah yeah no, true 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 uh, I think um, that you remember now St. John Paul II is the one who said yeah you're not the sum of your failures but you're the sum of the many times that the father picks you back up and gives you his mercy mm-hmm. you know? and I think that's what exactly what you just said here about um, acknowledging that okay there are things that are just not right you know and, and I think everybody can relate you know there are things that we're not happy and not, not really keen on you know be able to expose but in his with his gaze as you said before and with his gaze his gaze is just a gaze of love so he's he's there to sort of comfort you and to just mm. say it's it's okay and like in the prodigal son you know parable you know it's yeah beautiful now um now going forward now you know with uh, once you've um, you've realized you know that presence and you felt that love um you know how do you become i guess uh, a, a vector of that love to other you know how would you show that love and then how do you see people showing you their love for you as well and how does that you know um, what do you see it and how how do you see it um it's it's tricky because it's it happens in so many different ways Mm. um i i know how i would want to show it i have that uh temptation unfortunately to be a pharisee um and to sort of want to live in my head and to sort of think through things. That's kind of my, my default mode, uh, which is why early in Pope Francis's pontificate, whenever he uh, 
complained about Phariseeism in the church, I was actually quite grateful because I felt like it was speaking to me, mm. not as a, a criticism, mm. um, but as a don't, you know, you have this temptation, mm. step away from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a richer life than merely the kind of intellectual realm that you mm-hmm. like to sort of live in and, and put things in their nice boxes yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and assess it. Um, I guess the base way that I want to show God's love is through friendship. Um, I think that friendship is an extremely important thing. Uh, Thomas Aquinas thought so highly of friendship that he even described the point of life as Mm -hmm. to sort of be friends with God, that through grace we are invited into friendship with God, um, which is kind of a a wild concept. Um, Aristotle always said that you, you can only have friendship between equals, uh, and if, if God's God and I'm not, <laughs> there's no equality there. But uh, Aquinas would say that by God's grace, we can sort of be lifted up into that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in an increasingly digital world where it's so easy to craft uh, your surroundings and to say, I will talk to you when I want to talk to you and close mm-hmm. the computer when I don't or mm-hmm. turn off my phone when I don't, I think that a a real offer of sociable friendship is extremely important, mm. uh, especially for Christians who will often feel alone or uh, like people around them don't share their faith mm-hmm. uh, or they don't know how to speak about their faith. Uh, so I always feel uh, drawn towards building up those kinds of friendship communities. And not all of them will be, you know, best friends, uh, share your innermost thoughts mm-hmm. kinds of friendships. But I think that building those little relationships Mm. after mass or uh, at work or wherever you may be uh, is a really powerful sign of Mm. God's love because uh, God is always reaching out for us and I think to imitate Christ we also need to turn and reach out to other people people. Um, and sometimes that's going to be quite small it might just be introducing yourself after mass and they may not respond Mm -hmm. but Jesus was also yep. um, rejected as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're in good company if, if sometimes you, you give it a shot and it doesn't turn out the way you, mm-hmm. you hoped it would. Yeah, no. I like what you're saying here because it, oh gosh, yeah, it does bring that sort of um, aspect of sometimes, yeah, we think and we want everything to work perfectly. But sometimes, you know, we're not perfect. So things we're not going to, I'm not going to go to, you know, they're not going to be easy. Uh, and, and it's and it's a good reminder to think that you know we have to stay humble as well mm-hmm. in what we do and what we hope as well for ourselves and for others. Um, no, one, one thing that you know came to mind as you were speaking was the um, the fact that uh, in, I guess in life you know if things things can get tough at times, but um, we're always invited. It's always an invitation, mm-hmm. constant invitation to reach out to the other. To, to give yourself to the other and to to really realize that we we are in this all together you know as um as a communion of saints you know I think what you said here is really resonate with the fact that we are in this new sort of digitalized world that we have come out you know after the, 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 the terrible pandemic period but we can actually come up much stronger in terms of bounding in terms of you know knowing each other you know reaching out to the other but through the use of all the social media that we have to build on smaller community that people that either read the word of God together mm-hmm. or pray together that's also very very so very much important um, now you know now that we you mentioned about friendship I, like, I quite like that word friendship um, 
because it does kind of put the word into practice, isn't it? Um, now, um, apart from friendship, how would you then put your love into practice? You know, how would you, yeah, how, how would you love, practically speaking? Mm. So I think uh, there are lots of ways. Uh, I think it's always important to give your time. Um, I think that one of the one of the things that I think is sad is that charity has sort of been shifted to mean kind of financial gifts, yeah. and that that may well be important, and that is a good way to support uh, people. Um, but I also think that the conflation of charity and money can sort of make it seem cold and transactional. Um, you know, I, I think that it's really important to recognize that as the church has taught, there should be a preferential social option for the poor. Uh, and I think that it's always important to find the way that God is calling you to serve the poor, whoever that may be, whatever kind of poverty that may be, in your life. Uh, and I think that starting with a base of, of giving your time, even just a, a conversation to somebody, um, I think there's often a fear that we're called to solve the problem, that we're called to solve hunger or homelessness, and if we could, that would be great. Uh, but there's always this temptation to say, well, I can't, I can't fix that. Um, and to deny the good that a simple conversation may, may do, or, or recognizing the dignity of another person. Uh, I think that there are all sorts of ways that people can express God's love, and you know, there's no one correct answer mm -hmm. for, for me, even, uh, within my life. Mm -hmm. And so at one point that might be speaking to somebody that I see sort of sitting on the street, and I don't know the background, but acknowledging their their personhood mm -hmm. um, and having a small conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, or it may be, there may be a financial component. It may be, well, say in the case of the Ukraine uh, crisis going on right now, it may be, okay, I can go without um, some of the money that I have or I can buy sort of resources to donate um, because they are going through something much more. Mm -hmm. I think that those practical things which on their own look like they won't fix, fix the problem are the first step to acting more like Christ. Mm -hmm. um, I've always liked that phrase, that the perfect is the enemy of the good. Okay. Um, that We have a tendency to say, well, it's not perfect, so we'll, we'll stop, we'll, we'll wait until it's got everything, yeah. and then we'll do it, mm -hmm. um, instead of the cumulative approach, that I will take this step here, mm -hmm. and yes, maybe if I, if I buy this meal for this person who's hungry today, they may be hungry tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But it is a good, it is a good thing, and it is an act of love mm -hmm. today, now, yeah. and we should not despise that. Yeah, yeah. no, I, what you're saying is that does does um, remind me of what you know Jesus said himself in the gospel. You know, the, you will always have the poor with you. So as in, you know, he, even himself, he came on this earth, but he didn't, you know, uh, heal all the blinds. He didn't heal all the, the people who couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. You know, or you know, but but he did what he had to do for the time he he had on this earth and i think as you're saying you know following christ is all about that as well today is doing whatever i can today or tomorrow for the person next to me because i believe that there is a, a greater good that will mm. come out of this good that i'm doing because the good can only multiply itself you know mm. uh, and uh, you know as uh, i guess what simple says you know in the in the in the in the act of the apostles you know when when there is sin when sin abounds grace 
Sora Bounds. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I do <laughs> quite like what you said about the perfect is the enemy of the good. Exactly. It's so easy to think that, oh, if we're not getting it perfect, then we there's no point. Well, there is a point in doing things for the sake of just doing it, doing them, because we have that freedom of ours not to do what we want, but to do what is right, mm. to do what is good for the other again and again. No. Oh, that's very good. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that here, you know, Jason. It's, it's, it, does, it does really enlighten us. Um, now, I guess as a bit of a th- sort of final question, um, because I do see that as a kind of a tough question. That I've, I've, we had a few people who said that, you know, they were, it, was, it was not a tough question. It's the way you formulated this. I want to see, you know, what your views on that one. Um, expressing love, you know, the best we can with the people around us, being... Uh, be, being someone that wants to do good for the other okay sure I think people can follow you here now what about when people are actually difficult when people are not the, the, the people that we expect to be and or they mm. they, they react in a, you know in a way that I was not expecting them to react at all how can I st- how can I am I still called to love them and, 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 if, and if yes how can I love yeah. difficult people yeah um, I think I'm I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. who mm-hmm. said that um, God called us to love our enemies, not necessarily to like them. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I have a, a bone to pick with uh, the religious man registered trademark. I think there's this sort of conception that to be a good Christian, there is a single mold, and I need to fit into the mold, and I need to do... A, B, C, D, exactly as that mold would do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's this sort of conception that to love someone, you need to sort of be a wet blanket. And if they're going to be, if if they're going to rail at you and be angry or strike you, that uh, it just means like, well, I will just take it and take it. And there's a sense that that's true. Mm -hmm. But I also think that to address those difficult uh, those people who can be difficult to love, and sometimes they can be your enemies, they can be seriously trying to harm you, mm-hmm. you still need to will their good. Uh, and I've always thought that, well, what's the best, what is the best thing for someone who is sinning? Well, the best thing for them is that they stop sinning, <laughs> because whatever harm they do to me they're doing greater harm to themselves. And it, that can be hard when you're the victim of an injustice. Mm-hmm. It can be hard to think like that. Mm-hmm. Because when you're sort of feeling feeling the sting uh, of a blow or worse, mm. yeah, you want to sort of look at it through the eyes of the world. But Christ went into suffering and death. And so that if Christ is there, I can't help but think that that's a better place than inflicting it. You know, I I would hope that if I was doing some grave injustice that I would be physically restrained and people would stop me from doing it for my own sake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really difficult uh, in a case, I mean, Ukraine is on my mind a lot mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really difficult to sort of think of it like that because there, there's a war going on. Um, but to love the evildoer does require a separation of the sin from the person. That doesn't necessarily mean that there are no consequences. Um, I think that it would go a long way for myself uh, to register that forgiveness 
does not always mean a slap on the wrist. Um, forgiveness means, okay, you have no debt to me, but that doesn't necessarily mean you get to have the same relationship with me that you had before. Um, there may be very important cases where you say, I forgive you, we can never talk again. Mm -hmm. It's just not safe. Mm -hmm. I need to look out for myself, or I need to look out for my children, or I need to look out for these people. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hard, and it's, I think, why uh, we find it so difficult to walk like Christ. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to sort of get behind the Christ who feeds the hungry um, because there's a kind of safety there. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to get behind the Christ who will serve um, the sick and heal them, but Jesus is also quite clear that if you want to follow me, you need to pick up your cross mm -hmm. and suffer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think sometimes about that kind of contrast where I say, I want to be like Christ, and I, I think the kind of nice picture, um, but I don't think Christ on the cross mm. suffering. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there is an element that we are called uh, to be willing to suffer for the sake of yeah. Christ's name and for our neighbor. Mm. Uh, it's not comfortable. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. And I don't do it very well. Uh, <laughs> I wish I did it better. Mm. And I hope over the course of my life that I will cooperate with God's grace to do it better. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, I think, I think this is kind of the purpose of our lives, isn't it? It's just to, um, to always be in, the, in that likeness of God, as you were saying at the very beginning. You know, how, how can I be as much as I can in all of my capacities, in all of the, the gifts and talents that I have, another Christ to the world? You know, doing everything that he did. So, you know, you know as you said, you know, setting the poor... You know, looking after the sick. Um, you know, being or being also uh, an actual prophet. You know, and then standing up, standing for the truth. Because mm. um, you know, my, my, my father always said to me, he said, uh, you know, you have to stand for something, otherwise you're going to fall for everything. Mm -hmm. And in those days and age, you know, we have to stand for yeah. what we believe is the truth. You know, in uh, and what is what is also the beauty of that, of that you know, of that faith that we have, and also all the the, the, the greatness and goodness of the faith that we have received. So it's a, it's a great invitation, you know, to to then you know take on that cross of Christ and uh, walk the path that he he has been you know drawing for all of us. And it's uh, yeah, yeah. And I find myself um, very. I read an essay on mm -hmm. on prayer this morning, and I find myself very comforted by Jesus's prayer in Gethsemane, where he prays, uh, you know, please take this cup away from me, yes. not my will, but thine be done. And I do take a lot of comfort in that because mm. it's very easy to say, I know, I know I should do something, but I hope I don't have to do that, mm -hmm. you know, or I hope that the trial doesn't come. Yeah. Um, I hope the tribulation doesn't come. And I find that prayer to be very uh, helpful because if, if Christ went there, then I'm not alone in mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that fear. Mm -hmm. Not that I have the same <laughs> reaction that Christ no, had, but, I know what you read. Yeah, but yeah. he he is there as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's not just my shortcoming, mm -hmm. kind of in in the darkness. Mm -hmm. He went into the darkness of yep. of the garden yeah, yeah. and shared that prayer with me. Mm -hmm. um, and he went into death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like what you're saying. Yeah, you're not alone. I think none of us is actually alone, even when we are in the the deepest, you know, darkest and 
and then you know almost like endless black hole in our lives well guess what the Lord is going even deeper to mm-hmm. raise you up because that's what God wants at the end of the day is um, he wants us alive and he wants us happy and be able to be reaching out the potential that you know he, he sees he sees us yeah. you know in a, in, in the, our whole being is being seen by God throughout the lens of love and truth and I think it's you know it's wonderful to think that actually the, the being that I am now can can actually be even more if I let God you know mm. do his work through me it's a great invitation for all of us to yeah, to do the best we can to, um, you know, to, to just follow him along with the talents that we've received. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know. I don't know whether you've enjoyed this time. I know, very I'm, much. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. Now, because all good things comes to an end, as you know, um, we, I, I, I like asking that sort of very, very last question, which is all about prayer. Um, you know, what, if you have a, do you have a favorite prayer that we may pray together, if I know it, you know, for concluding this time together? Um, I have... I have many favorite prayers, okay. um, but I, I think one of my, my tops is uh, the Hail Mary. I, I had a friend who um, wasn't Catholic, uh, was raised very Protestant, but of that prayer he said that he always liked it because uh, he felt that it gave him the words when he didn't know mm-hmm. what to say. And I've, he's forgotten that he said that, but I remembered it. I mentioned it to him the other day. Whoa. Um, and I found that a really powerful description of it that at the end of the day mm-hmm. that prayer and all other prayers mm-hmm. and uh, the Psalms and, and the yes. Word of God in general mm-hmm. give us the prayer give us the words when you know left to our own devices mm-hmm. maybe we could describe it a little bit, a little but we couldn't capture yep. really what we're trying to say mm-hmm. and uh, there's a kind of freedom in especially with the Hail Mary just saying that set prayer yep. and entrusting it to Mary who mm-hmm. will bring it to her son yep. um, and saying okay yep. I can trust that this will, will make it even if I can't yeah. explain it understand it really grapple with it yeah. it's just, in good hands it's in good hands my mom always said that she says uh, Mary is like a bank of prayer you know just, just give her everything and she will make, make all your prayers as a bucket of flour that she will present to her son and then by God's, you know, God's will, He will decide what's what's good for you. So just just give her your prayers. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Okay, so I guess he has to conclude this time of you know conversation together. Let's just I guess pray Hail Mary together. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, hopefully our listeners and viewers can actually join us as well as we say it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Love Verbum Day Ministry hopes that you have enjoyed, been inspired by, and will share the only thing that will be asked of us at the end of our lives. As St. John of the Cross said, In the evening of life, we will be judged on love alone. If you have any queries or prayer intentions, please email them to us using the following email address love underscore verbum day at outlook.com that's l-o-v underscore v-e-r-b-u-m-d-e-i at outlook.com if this episode has enlightened you or touched you in any way please share it with your relatives friends community and on your social media we shall see you again next week with our next speaker